feel really upset this morning. Uh, you know, I just, just went down and down after that presentation that the, the kids had. I'll tell you why. My grandson got a hole in one yesterday. <laughs> I've been playing golf. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, don't you? I've never, ever in my life had a hole in one. And yet, six years old, first time in a tournament, bam, down it goes. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that's upset me as well is, it's not just the fact that he got a hole in one. It's, I've I, I supported West Bromwich Albion. Ever since I was about 10, 11 years old, and I'm 27 now. <laughs> and what happens to him, he turns around and says, I support the Wolves. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, life just tends to go downhill, doesn't it, at times. We took him to West Park on Monday. And he said... If you stand in a certain place at West Park, as you can see the Molyneux, he says, come and I'll show you. <laughs> do you, know, do you know, <laughs> life just isn't fair, is it? Well, <laughs> it is for some. It's fair on the whole. Anyway, um, I changed the title a little bit on my talk this morning. It should be up on the screen. Thank, thank you. Uh, a walk in the park, right? Now, I was thinking this morning before I came out, and I thought, now, change it, Roy. Change it to this. Romans 11, a walk in the park. Right? And then I thought, if you've ever read through Romans 11, it's no walk in the park. <laughs> yeah? In fact, the guy who uh, wrote this commentary... Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller says that Romans 11 is probably the most hardest chapter in the book of Romans to get into. And, and, and he's right. But it depends on how you decipher a walk in the park, doesn't it? Because Alison and me, last week we had a walk in the park... And that walk in the park helped me to get into Romans 11. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain. Let me try and explain to you what I mean. Last week, we went for a walk. We, 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 we tried to get down to Victoria Park in Tipton as, as often as we can in, in the morning to do half an hour walk. It's supposed to do us good. <laughs> it, yeah. So, so we, 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 we tried to get down to Victoria Park as, as often as we can. And last Saturday... We, we went, and as you know, last weekend was sort of the, uh, the back end of these storms that we've been having. Storm Dudley, you know, and, um, <laughs> and, and, and that's right, Dudley, and, 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 and Eunice. Yeah, so we were walking around the park last Saturday morning, and, and, and what we saw in the park, we, we, we normally do a, a half an hour, and, and what we saw in the park was the aftermath of what the storm did to the plant life, to the, to the trees in the park. And we were looking and walking around and there were branches 
and twigs all broken off everywhere in the park, on the grass, on the path, wherever you, even in, even in the lake, there were bits of trees floating. What, what, what the storm did, it, it broke the branches off. And as we were walking around, I thought, yeah, this helps me get into Romans 11. And that's why I've called it Broken Branches. I think you'll probably know where I'm going when I say this. Because um, at the end of Romans chapter 10, just before we get into 11, you know that when Paul wrote this letter, he didn't do chapter and verse, he just wrote one complete letter. And at the end of um, chapter 10, I read these words. And it's a quote from Isaiah. Paul wrote this down from Isaiah. And, and, and God says this. This is how Isaiah wrote it down. I was found by a people not looking for me. I showed myself to those who weren't asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. If you ask me what Romans 11 is about, I'll give you an umbrella. And it's about two nations, two separate nations. The first nation is the one that God created, Israel itself. The second nation concerns you and me, because we call Gentiles. Yeah? So it's, 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 it's a story or it's a letter or it's a chapter of two separate nations. The one being the Jews and the other one being you and me. Paul was telling us, or we know through the history of the Bible that we read, that the Jews were a disobedient and rebellious people. Even though God created them and he loved them. But what happened was this, as Paul explains in this, this chapter, the Jews walked out on Jesus. They walked out on God. Which left the door open for the Gentiles to come in. But more than that, Paul has this longing, this, this burning desire in his heart to see the two come together. And simply, quite, quite simply, that, that to me is what that chapter is about. It's about two separate nations. The one nation that walked away from God, or part, part of anyway, because we know there are many Jewish Christians. We know that. But when they walked out, they opened the door for the Gentiles to walk in. That's you and me. We have been given a chance. I was found by a people, you and me, not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. And yet the, the very nation that I created and loved, God says, all day long 
I open my arms to them. That, 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 now, that, that says something to me, that does, that when it's all day, all day long, without ceasing, kept on and on and on and on, open my arms unceasingly, all day long. And yet, what did they do? They were disobedient and rebellious. Broken branches, lying in a windy park, all around, broken branches. And when I saw those broken branches last week, that, that's what I saw. I, I saw the, that, that remnant, if you like, of the Jewish people just lying about all over the place, broken away from the main, the main stem. And Paul has this burning desire in his heart to bring the two together and make one community of people. That, 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 that's what it says to me. That's what it says to me. There's a passage of scripture in John's gospel that says this about Jesus. Because when Jesus came on the scene, they didn't want to know him. He came to his own people and they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. But to all who believed in him. See, the door is open for anyone, for anyone to receive him. That's the door that God has left open. And that door will remain open until God chooses, Jesus chooses, Jesus chooses to come back and rearrange a new kingdom. That door will always be open. It will never be closed to anybody, whether we be Jew or Gentile. The broken off branches of Paul's own countrymen, the Jewish people, they walked out on God and therefore were separated from him while another nation, the Gentiles, were offered the same privileges the Jews walked out on. Yeah? They were offered the same privilege the Jews walked out on. A couple more scriptures. There was a time when you were on the outside, but then the Jews slammed the door on you, on him, now, I'll start again. There was a time when you were on the outside, but then the Jews slammed the door on him and things opened up for you. But now they are on the outside, but the door is still open. That's from the message. Yeah, that's from the message. A time when you were, you were on the outside, but then the Jews slammed the door on Jesus and things opened up for you. Listen to this in 1 Peter Chapter 2, 9 to 10. But you who believe are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Ooh, love that one. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, once you were not a people, that lines in with Isaiah 65. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you receive mercy. Thing is, you and me aren't broken branches. Well, we are in a way, if you like. We're all broken branches, but we've all but because of our faith and our belief, we've been put back and mended. So that walk in the park that day taught me a little bit about broken branches. The second thing that I wanted to, wanted to, to uh, share with you is that we may be broken off branches, but we have the need to be needed. You should have another slide up there now, the need to be needed, yeah? Because in Romans chapter 11 and verse 1, Paul begins his argument, if you like, and he says, I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? And Paul says, of course not. You begin to read through that passage of scripture. And he says, he hasn't rejected Israel because I'm a Jew. Paul, Paul says that. And then he goes on uh, to, to, to write down certain arguments. But I, I, I looked at that about rejection or abandonment. Because in, because in, in, in some some uh, translations, it, 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 it says, I ask God, I ask then, has God abandoned his people? Can I ask you a personal question? Has there anybody in this room today been a victim of rejection and abandonment? Don't answer, you don't need to answer me. But I'm, I'm sure that there may be some people in this room today who will say a big yes to that. That you've been, in some time in your life, you've been rejected and you've been abandoned. Not very nice, is it, when you uh, are, are on that side? Because, because th th there is something in, deep down in everybody's soul, and I've called it the need to be needed. Every single one of us has that, that pull inside of us, that need to be needed. Am I, am I right? Yeah? Because that, that, that's part of, part of our make. I need to be needed. You need to be needed. And to be abandoned is quite the opposite. And, and, it, and it can be spiritually, mentally, uh, and soul-destroying. Can I... Can I can I share you a, a, with you a little story about a, a, about a, a little dog named Scamp? Can, can I? Yeah. Well, and, and, and Scamp was a... I'm, I'm, I'm going back right now to my... When I was a little lad. I'm a little man now, but I used to be a little lad at one time. <laughs> and, and, and Scamp was a mongrel terrier. And Scamp belonged to a, 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 a friend of mine named... Bobby Nicholson, you know. And Bob was around about the same age as me. And, and, and in the summer holidays, school summer holidays, which seemed to last forever, there used to be like a gang of us. We didn't sort of actually meet, but we, all, we always sort of came, came together at, at the same time. And it ended up, that, ended up where, where we used to play. Because, you know, when, when we were kids, we used to play outside uh, in, in, in the fields 
at, at cowboys and Indians and, uh, and, and wars, you know, Germans against um, you know, the, the Brits and all that sort of stuff. You know, we used to play wars and games and stuff like that. And we used to split up into two different groups. And we used to play, because where, we used to, where I used to live, just a couple of minutes walk, there used to be this old abandoned quarry. And we used to play, we used to play over there, over the banks. But Bobby, when he turned up, he'd always got this little dog scamp with him. Yeah, this little mongrel terrier. It was a lovely, friendly little dog. And uh, wherever, we, wherever Bobby was and we were, we'd be running over the banks, scamp would be 10, ten yards behind trying to, trying to stick up to us. But things change in life, don't they? Things change. We tend to get older and we tend to um, have grow, develop different interests. And Bobby found a girlfriend. Yeah? And little scamp was eventually pushed. I, 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 hope, this is, I hope this is tugging at your heartstrings. <laughs> yeah. but, but, little, but little scamp, he got pushed to one side. And after a few years, you know, two or three years on, um, you know, Scamp was no longer with his, with his best mate, Bob, because Bob was with his new best mate, his, his girlfriend. Now, Bobby used to live about 200 yards down the road from where I lived, and we didn't see much of him after that, after he'd got a new girlfriend. Um, and, and we'd got a little bit older, so we didn't play over the banks. But I, there were times when I, I'd sit on our, our fence and look down the road, and this little dog, Scamp, he used to walk up the hill. And the funny thing was, he used to walk in the gutter, not on the footpath or on, on the road. He used to walk in the gutter, you know. And he had this, dare I say, this hang dog expression in his face. He, 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 he drooped, he looked sad, and he, he looked lost because he, he'd been abandoned. And, 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 he, and, he, and he'd come walking up the road, and he got to where I was, and I'd say, Hello, Scamp, how are you doing? And he'd, he'd look, and he, just for a second, he'd, he'd look, and he'd, he'd stop, and he'd wag his tail, give him a stroke. Then you leave him, and then he'd suddenly walk off up, up over the banks where... I don't know, trying to recapture... I don't, I don't know, I'm being a bit too sentimental here. But, but whether he was trying to recapture old, old memories. But to me, that was a picture of abandonment. Somebody who was in close company with a, a great friend at one time, suddenly, gone. Abandoned. And that need to be needed was there. But it couldn't be fulfilled. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one more and I'll move on. I was doing a talk one night at a little church in Upper Gornal. And after the service, this lady came up to me and she, she says, Roy, can I have a quick word with you? Uh, and I said, of course you can. And she said, Roy, I'm 65 years old. And when I was 15... My dad walked out on me. And she said, for 50 years, 
50 years I've been struggling with that. She said, but you said something tonight in your message about God's love and about God holding his arms out and, and, and bringing me in. You said something tonight which has healed those 50 years. I felt, you know, that I, that I could have been really say something like that to move somebody to... It was, it was the Holy Spirit moving. It was God moving. But she said, Roy, thanks for that. 50 years of abandonment. Of abandonment. Do you know? We have this need to be needed. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Rachel mentioned it in her prayers. In what, and it's this. For, your, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors which he confirmed to them. God keeps his promise. I will never abandon you. Scripture. I will never abandon you. If, 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 if you don't take anything else away this morning from this place, God says, I will never abandon you. Never, never abandon you. God doesn't abandon or reject. But by your own refusal to keep on rejecting and denying God's grace and love, you close the door to God himself. Thus placing abandonment and rejection on yourself. God's door, as I said before, is always open. But if you choose not to walk through it, whose fault's that? All day long, I opened my arms to them. But they were disobedient and rebellious. So, we thought about broken off branches. I thought about the need to be needed. There's, honestly, there's loads and loads of stuff in, in that chapter that I, I would have loved to have shared with you, but we ain't got the time. So the last part is, the third part is, the benefit of grafting. Now, please, if I just say, say, or say something wrong here, uh, I'm not a gardener. I'm not a gardener, but I'm just going on stuff that I... That, 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 I, that I've, I've read and the little bit that I know. The benefit of grafting. Do you know, it would have been nice if that Saturday morning when we were walking around the park, we could have picked up the branch, found out where it was, from, from which tree it came, and stick it back on. But, but, it, but it don't work like that. It, it doesn't work like that. Scripture says, Romans eleven seventeen says this. Some of these branches from Abraham's tree have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham 
and his children. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's the way in. That's the way on to be grafted in. Lovely, lovely phrase. In, in, in the Middle East, there are two kinds of olive tree. So that I've been finding out that you can get the wild olive tree and you can get the cultured or cultivated olive tree, the ones that gardeners have, have tended. Yeah? The, the, a couple of facts about olive trees is, is this. Uh, unless you cut them right down and uproot them or burn them right through, they will live on century after century after century. Now, and that, that says something, doesn't it, about... About, about, about being grafted onto something like that. You will live on and on and on. It says something about everlasting life, doesn't it, really? Anyway, uh, but fact two is this, that gardeners perform grafting operations to help the tree to flourish. You've, 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 you've seen it done on gardening programs, haven't you? You, you know, where, where a person cuts a, a piece of plant off one and grafts it onto, onto, onto another. And then they, 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 both, they both take and, the, and they grow. Um, but this, this is what I found from one, one, one commentator. And he, and he says this. Some olive trees grew wild. Some, some, some olive trees grew wild and would often be strong, but fruitless. The gardener would take a cutting from a proper cultivated olive and graft it into a wild tree. Now, that, just, that seems a little bit the other way around, doesn't it? But just bear with me for a minute. So the gardener would take a cutting from a proper cultivated olive tree and graft it into the wild tree, which combined the energy of the wild tree and the fruitless and the fruitfulness of the cultivated. So you have the, the, the wildness of one and the fruitfulness of another coming together and creating something even more flourishing. Do, do, do you get that? that? I think that's great. But, but, but Paul has done that the other way around. Not cultivating the, or grafting the, the cultivate. Not cultivated the, 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 the one to the wild, but, but the other way around. Cultivating the wild to the, to the other one. And because of that, you know, you, you get a lovely picture of, 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 of you and me being grafted into God's, into God's family, into God's family. We've got a book that we've been going through in, in our house group called uh, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. And there's a, a, a chapter that we did last couple of weeks ago called God's Wildflower. And I'll, I'll, sh I'll share this with you and then, and then we'll finish. God's, God's Wildflower. So we've gone from branches to olives to wildflowers. But I wanted to share this with you because uh, when we were praying together that night, I, I had this little picture of a field of wildflowers. See, a wildflower, as it says, grows in the wild. It's not um, intentionally seeded or planted. It just, you know, 
the, the, it's, 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 it's seeded randomly, if you like, and grows from there. It's a wildflower. So as we were praying, I had this little picture of a field of flowers. You know, just try and, try and picture this with me. And it was a field of wildflowers. And all these wildflowers look the same. And then I had another picture of a field of wildflowers. But every single flower, every single wildflower in that field was different. That, that's, that's you and me. We're all different. We're not the same. And we're all in this field of wildflowers. And when God looked upon this field of wildflowers, every face at the same time turned towards him. And when God breathed on this field of wildflowers, every stem bent in the same direction. Just a, a picture of you and me. Each an individual wildflower, but not just an individual, but every single one of us together in community. All seeking God's face and all bending together you know, at the call of his will. I'm only sorry that I, I, I just couldn't get, couldn't get right into that book of Romans and get more out of it. But those are the few thoughts that came to me when, you know, I was sort of scratching the surface. Broken off branches. You and me. The Jewish community. All together in one. The need to be needed. You are not abandoned. Jesus was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He took that abandonment on himself so that, so that I, you and me needn't ever feel being abandoned. And the benefit of grafting. When God looks, every face turns towards him. Vicky, when God looks at you, your face turns towards him. Rachel, the same. What a lovely picture. When God breathes, every plant bends the same way. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father, for your word to us this morning. Thank you that we are all like broken branches, but we've been grafted back in. And we are all 
individually a wildflower. Precious to you and lovely to be looked at because we know that you are our God and you are lovely to be looked at. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for your word. And I, and I, ju and I just pray that if there's anything that I've said that was not worth saying, that we'd forget it. But if you said something this morning in your word, which I believe you have, then we'll take it on with us and use it in our lives to glorify you. Thank you, Father. Amen.